0: What did you have for lunch, Phil changing it today?
1: uh for lunch, I had <laughs> black beans and eggs and avocado uh some salad that was kind of too spicy'cause it had it had rocket radish and spring onions all chopped up together um and it was like it was quite pungent so mm. um it was good
0: it was sounds good. good sounds good I had my normal lunch and then i realized i had a lamb chop that i should have eaten because it's like seven days old and i'll just have to eat it
1: tonight so oh well okay (laughs) if you die it's a lamb chop
0: hey everyone darren lake here with master of some a podcast about health and fitness served up as a metaphor for life Quick warning, this episode contains a bit of adult language. If around people that might take offense, we advise some headphones if possible. With this episode, we get into that beautifully messy beast nutrition, specifically race week nutrition, diving into what we do in the lead up to a race, the week of, and during. Hell, we even throw in a few fringe methods too, just to keep it exciting. Quick note, we are not medical professionals i.e. doctors, and do not play doctors on the internet. So please take what we say here as information and just that, not any professional medical advice. Please consult with a medical professional, your doctor, your nutritionist, or anybody else that is actually qualified to go more in-depth with whatever you need because everyone is personalized. If you like what you hear, please rate and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's free, and that means whenever an episode comes out, you'll know about it via the notifications on whatever phone you use we don't hate apple droid whatever it also helps us know if what we are doing is working and connects to all you listening feel free to email us at get ready for it talk some shit at master dot com spelled the normal way to literally talk good or bad shit with us we we're down for it hit us up on social media it's all master of some pod all right with all the pleasantries we're now ready to get into it
1: so um today we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition now nutrition obviously a minefield subject people get very zealotish about their diet zealotish <laughs> I great, think great word. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um. They they respond with great zeal. I think the uh, the old saying that you shouldn't talk to uh, people about religion, politics, um, should be expanded to nutrition as yes. well. If you want to avoid uh, want to avoid like nearly getting into uh, knife fights with uh, random people or people you love.
0: Yeah, I, I would. I would actually add on to that nutrition and training techniques. Because uh, have you ever been like, oh, I do low heart rate, and someone's like, no, I do hit, and you're just like, we ain't gonna get along. But nutrition, <laughs> nu- I think nutrition's worse. It is. Yeah. Like, no, no, it on, definitely man. is. Like, yeah. 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 We're not
1: here to proselytize. Another good word. Um, on. How uh, do you
0: spell that?
1: I'm, I can't spell. I'm really bad at spelling. Um,
0: well, I'll put it in the show notes or okay. you will put it in the show notes. I will put it in do. the show notes,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so we're not here to proselytize or to spruik for any particular diet or way of eating. Um, one of the kind of frames that we'll, 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 we'll talk about is there are many, many ways to, to um, uh, skin the nutritional cat, so to speak um and there's a lot of individual individuality and there's a lot of finding what works for you um you know whether you're vegan you're paleo you're super low carb you're super high carb um humans are uh, incredibly adaptable animals and we can find um, something that works uh, works for us what we are going to talk about today is a couple of uh, a couple of unique things we're going to dive into what works for uh, Darren um, and how he's been able to achieve some pretty impressive results with his nutrition strategy again just an offer what works for him um, and we're going to take a little look at race week nutrition as well and again just diving into some of the stuff that works for me some of the stuff that works for Darren, um, and some of the stuff you might want to experiment with for yourself.
0: Cool. All right, so I'm going to start this off. Uh, huge note to all listeners: this is our own shit. So I'm going to be speaking on my behalf.
1: Phil will be speaking on his. We are not doctors, and we do not play any. Uh, we do not play doctors on the internet.
0: Yes. Uh, everyone's different. We recommend trying as much as you can a few weeks a few months before you race you know on those those hard sessions whatever let's say you do triathlon and you got a big brick session or superset whatever the the fuck you decide to do um, or you call it then why don't you practice what you're going to eat a few days leading up and act like it's a race week you know and then that day act like it's a race day and then try that random gel that you saw an advertisement for
1: yeah, I, I think the, the, the old adage of nothing new on race day um, applies as much to nutrition as it does everything else. I see um, <laughs> I see the, the race, uh, the, the, the lead-up FOMO and the lead-up uh, panic buying of nutrition at race expos. And especially when you go to a triathlon, you may be sharing a house with a few other athletes and you see somebody using some powder you've not seen before and you're like, oh shit, James is using that powder and he's he's strong and like <laughs> dude's ripped I, I want some of that powder and then the powder doesn't work yeah or you get pinged for drugs whatever
0: because <laughs> there's actual steroids old school 1985 arnold schwarzenegger steroids in that's there. right um so yeah when you get closer to the race day you know be less risky biohack treat it treat it as a as a science experiment you are your own experiment You never know what will come out of it. But again, as Drake says, know thyself. Yes, because everyone listens to Drake and that track is hot as fuck. Go listen to it. Spotify, Drake, know thyself. Um, It might have been Drake and Future. Um, I actually was about to Google that before I started saying that. And I don't even know if that's actually the title of the song that I like. So we're we're (laughs) going to end that there.
1: I'm going to go listen to it afterwards anyway. I, I, I don't know the song. I'm not as big a fan of Drake as Darren. All
0: right. So, know your body and what you can handle. I'm going through my notes, and I might just sound a bit off because, yep, that's what I do. I write my notes out verbatim, and then I read them and go, what the fuck was I trying to say? So, yeah, know your body and what you can handle. Should have been doing your testing with your diet weeks before the race and during the race. Carb the fuck up. So, this is what I do, all right? This is me and what I do. So, I carb the fuck up. I don't do well on low carb. I've done a lot of experiments with that. And low carb has its place. May or may not talk about that in the next few minutes. Stay with me. I'm going to jam. So act like we're a jazz band and we're jamming right now. So I'll get back to that point of carving the fuck up for race day. It depends on your race. So you need to know what race you're doing. Again, this goes back to objectives, which should be the first episode. Go back to that. So know what the hell your race objective is. I'm going to take for example the fact that i just finished an olympic distance triathlon so for you i'm not even going to you just google it what the hell it is it's about a 2 hour race and it's pretty high intensity 2 hour race like you're in you're in threshold and tempo probably like sub-threshold, tempo, whatever everyone calls it, different things. So yeah,
1: and you're you're mixing your um, energy systems between uh, like high aerobic zone, and you're dipping into anaerobic fairly often as well. Yeah. so you're you're definitely definitely tapping into glycogen stores during, on the uh, run, during definitely your, on the run towards yeah. the end of the bike. And you should be on the bike as well. You should be the whole bike if you you know if you if you're really racing like a man down,
0: like like a man or a woman or a woman, or a person. Or a woman. You're racing like a person. Shout out Nadia. I know you're hearing this. So yeah, racing like look, we're con- God, God, damn it! I've I've just hashtag me too. All right, yeah. so <laughs> so unless you're you know you're doing a crazy low heart rate, uh, ultra endurance twenty nine million mile run or something, out there and you're keeping your heart rate at one hundred and five beeps per minute the whole twenty nine million miles, you should be carving up. So again, I'm going back to this as my example. I carb the fuck up. Good carbs, though. Good carbs, everyone. Don't eat that white pasta. Don't eat the pizza. Don't eat, drink a lot of beer and the potato chips. I did this. I actually was experimenting. Cool story, bro. I was experimenting with low carb and seeing where the threshold was of how low I can go. And then, what was it? Uh, train low, race high. I was trying that technique. Mm. Um, I failed miserably because I ended up just carving the fuck up two days before. I said, oh, I don't need two weeks. I'm going to do two days before. A race, and that was horrendous. I and I ate garbage.
1: It was all processed white pasta and, and beer and shit. And yeah, there's um interestingly enough, um, Tobion Simbali, who's a um, Ironman athlete, um, uh, probably racing about six, six seven years ago now, something like that. He used to do, uh, he used to have a protocol um, to stimulate super compensation. So he'd go like really low carb, like ketogenic, like sort of two weeks out from a race. Um, really, just deplete his stores. Maybe it was a week out, and then, um, and then carb the fuck up a few days before the race. Um, and the the theory behind this was that the your uh, glycogen stores would would super compensate, and you'd actually end up storing more glycogen than you ordinarily would um, because your muscles were so kind of hungry for it at that stage. You just suck it all up, and you'd have an extra few hundred calories worth of uh, worth of carbs in your system to to kind of do the Ironman with. Yeah, yeah, and that is
0: a great plan. I wish I would have executed it that way, but again, I'm pretty sure he ate good carbs. I decided to do two days, and I ate absolute shit. So I realized it wasn't long enough, and I realized the quality wasn't good enough. So quantity and quality, poor. Also, be careful. So if you're going to go for the good carbs, I found that I got a bit bloated um, because I wasn't used to eating that many carbs. So I eat pretty much, I know how many carbs... I need how many grams of carbs? I don't weigh it, but I know based on the foods that I eat. I, I eat basically the same thing most days. I know how much I eat, and I decided to start kind of supplementing some of my fats and proteins with you know oatmeal and sweet potatoes and and just brown rice. Where I would usually eat an apple, which is mostly fiber, good amount of sugar, fructose. But I then said, oh, I'm gonna go for brown rice, like basically serving in half. And by the end of one of the weeks, I actually towards race day, I actually felt bloated and I didn't like the feeling. So I realized that that didn't work great for me or my body also wasn't ready for it. So there's definitely a middle ground. I always say to err on the side of caution. If you haven't done it before, don't ramp it way up the week before. Um, And, you know, like try a little bit more. But again, as I said earlier, you should have been doing this, you know, a few months before to sort that out. Um, the shitty thing about not having glycogen store meters for ourselves is that you don't know how much is enough. And I've kind of googled this and, and researched it. And Phil, you can chime in, but unless you want to go to a lab with a doctor, you know, and have them, I think pretty much like extract shit got, out of your muscle, right? I
1: think it's a biopsy. Yeah. It's a
0: biopsy, yeah, which is painful, right? I've never had Did- one,
1: but. This is not a practical thing to do.
0: Yeah. So that,
1: that's like the only way you can
0: actually know how much glycogen is in your muscles and your liver where glycogen is stored, which you have around 2,000 calories worth or two hours um, if you're flogging yourself at threshold um, before you deplete yourself. And that's basically the amount that your body can store until then it goes to other places, usually fat or wherever the hell it's going to go. Again, I'm not a scientist or a doctor I, just, I don't even try to play one on the internet, but um, you need to know yourself. That's, that's what I got out of this, and me bloating was probably not the best, and that was my body saying, hey, man, I probably have a bit too much, or maybe I drank too much water over those couple of days, whatever it was. Um, I then needed to tweak that, so I'm not going to sit on that too long. Um, also, this is kind of another little caveat, tidbit that I'll add to it. Make sure you get your carbs in, especially race week, directly after doing a hard session that week. So you should not be actually training that hard if you're doing a proper taper or, you know, cutting down the, 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 the intensity. So if you do 30 minutes of intensity, cut that down to 15 or whatever your training plan says, whatever works for you. I would or what I do, and I would suggest you doing this if you're similar to myself, make sure you ingest a good amount of high-quality carbs directly after, and, and, you know, protein. So protein shake with banana and blueberries. That's basically what I would do as as soon as you can after that workout. um, I found that I recover very well. And the reason why I know is, you know, based on experiments done, et cetera, research, but I know because I don't get the 12 p.m. bonk crash that I was getting when I was doing low-carb and training hard. So I'm pretty sure that 12 p.m bonk – I wasn't bonking during the workout. I was eating fats and proteins throughout the, the the late morning into the early afternoon, but then I felt like shit at 12 1 o'clock, even mm-hmm. though I was eating. So I had the calories in me, but I didn't have the carbs. and my body needs carbs. I have a high metabolism. So I found that if I if I got in because I usually train fasted, that if I got in you know 100 calories, 20 grams of carbs, Right before the training, and then right after, I get that protein and those carbs that that carried me through for the rest of the day, and I had that, um, or I did not have the the slump in energy. So I'm done. That was a big mouthful. Hope you guys loved it. Phil, take it away.
1: Cool. Um, I'm going to throw out some principles um, around. Nutrition and preparing for your race. So know thyself, as I'm sure Drake probably said at some point in his life. I'm probably gonna play this song illegally in the
0: background. Yeah, good, yeah, good. <laughs> um,
1: so this all comes down to um, again some of the principles we we mentioned um, uh, in episode one around testing and goal setting. So, how's that working out for you? Your day-to-day diet, your your prep um, nutrition for race week. Um, test it. Did it make you feel good? Did you perform well? Did you bloat? Um, if depending on the answers to those questions, you want to um, you want to change things up and try a different strategy um also things like genetic testing are huge as well so getting your um you know your genes tested through a service like 23 and me is super inexpensive now and for instance i found out that um i don't actually metabolize saturated fat particularly well so sorry go back i don't mean to 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 take sure. you off course
0: but this is something that i still haven't done so i did the 23 and me testing for the genetics yeah and not the genealogy um the Ancestry stuff. Yeah. Come to find out, I'm
1: actually 16% white. We'll talk on that in a second. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost, I, I think I'm I'm half of 1% Japanese. <laughs> I love how it's Japanese and not
0: Asian. Yeah. So yeah, All right. we went on. I'm jamming. I'm jamming now, but back to it. So I then downloaded my DNA code, which was 44 megabytes, which was awesome. Yep. I have it in a .txt file. Um, what is the website to then take that information to get the other stuff? Because 23andMe didn't give me all of the, the, the cool shit that I wanted. The
1: nutrition data. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, they don't now. I think there was an FDA ruling in the States that prevented them giving out, um, you know, air quotes, health advice um, yeah. off, off, off the They background. give you a
0: little bit. They say, oh, you're more sensitive to caffeine. They gave me some top line bullshit. Yeah. But what was the thing? What, so what's the site to where I pump in my my dna
1: so there's a few i didn't just use one um, there's a couple of caveats here around data privacy if you are a tinfoil hat wearing super uh, paranoid person that you know people out there are going to randomly be able to associate you with your genetic um, your genetic um, profile and some of that's legit, by the way. You know, you've got insurance companies who might not be uh, so inclined to insure you if they know you're predisposed towards a bunch of uh, diseases and health problems. But anyway, that's, that's, a, that's a side point. Some of the sites you can use are Prometheus. Um, so you can upload your raw genetic data there, and it will give you um indications of your um predisposition towards again certain conditions, maybe how you respond to certain macronutrients, micronutrients, drugs, etc. Um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who is um who is a bit of a legend, she's got her own fantastic podcast, uh, Found My Fitness. She has her own tool on her um on her website. She's got um she's done a. Bunch of research on nutrigenomics, so you can upload your uh, genetic data there, and that will give you um, a lot of actually really easily digestible um, information too. Because Prometheus can be a bit more kind of raw datary. Um, there's a, another website I really like called Athletogen. Um, which will give you some of your um, your genetic uh, gifts or watchouts when it comes to um, your potential physical capacities as well. So the likelihood of fast twitch versus slow twitch muscle fibers, um, your uh, propensity to recover, your propensity for injury and things like that. So that's super interesting as well. Um uh, genetic Genie uh, is another service. So uh, these will all be in the show notes. These will all be in yeah. the show notes. There are a gang Phil, of I services. Phil, I can't wait. I can't
0: wait for you to put them in the show notes, Phil. Okay, I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there are <laughs> there are a gang of services um, that you can that you can use to to kind of decode your genetic code, so to speak. So. Going back to my going back to the point, like I, I found out that I don't metabolize saturated fat particularly well, and and that that explains why I before I did this I I kind of tried a higher fat, lower carb diet, and I you know I didn't have the miraculous weight loss and um, you know performance gains that some people report, and that's why. Um, so beyond getting your genes tested, you could just see how that's working out for you, and 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 you know change up depending on the results. That's going to be your catchphrase. See how that's
0: working out for you. You said this like... Pretty much. Like four or five times. I like the way you say it because it's like slightly condescending.
1: Yeah. It's like, see how that's working out for you or how's that working out for yeah. you? Yeah, Well, uh, you not noticed the the pattern that nearly everything I say sounds condescending. that's like, <laughs> uh, cool. We'll just this be that is condescending what, dickhead. That's why I have no friends. <laughs> um, th- testing as well. So testing is huge. And people think they've tested their... Uh, race nutrition. And what I mean by that is they will go on a bunch ride. Um, you know, they'll go on a three hour ride with their buddies, you know, to waterfall. Um, and they will try the, the bars or the gels or the, or the liquid that they, um, you know, they're planning to use on race day. And they're like, Oh, that didn't make me sick. I felt pretty good. And, and like, cool, I'm going to use that on race day. They, The conditions that they're taking that nutrition in um, are very, very different from race day conditions. So you think about things like physiology. So you're set up on a road bike or you're sat in a bunch ride and you're upright. Um, That is very different from being hunched over in the TT position. Um, you know, from a from a you know the position of your gut, how you're taking nutrition, also the intensity to which you're going at uh, dictates the um, the amount of energy and the amount of attention your body can pay towards actually processing food and digesting it. So the harder you're going, the the harder a job your body um, uh, has in terms of digesting food you know if you're running an ultramarathon there are stories about Dean Karnazes who's a famous kind of ultramarathon guy wrote a bunch of books on it i think one of his uh, i think his most famous book ultramarathon man it opens with a story about him getting a pizza delivered to uh, somewhere on a stretch of highway when he's running some you know absurd distance oh yeah i've heard about that yeah yeah. yeah yeah and he can and and he can, you can do that when you're when you're shuffling along at no speed at all if you're hammering during an olympic distance race this is why simple sugars generally work best because your body doesn't have to work to to process and digest them versus um, trying to digest a cliff bar yeah versus yeah. trying to digest a cliff bar or or a, or even like a handful of almonds or something like that yeah. so so you know the macronutrient should be appropriate to to the intensity you're going at as well and then things like the heat you know if you're going to be racing in you know 37 degree heat in western australia you haven't tested your nutrition if you've only if you've only had it on a 25 degree day in sydney so the, the um, conditions you're, you're doing a true test of your nutrition in should be as close as you can to race day in terms of climate, in terms of position, in terms of intensity and things of that nature. So uh, that's, that's a real, real, real big takeaway I wanted, to, I wanted to leave with people in terms of like really nailing down what you're going to use and, and do it a bunch as well. So I think the the whole principle of train low, race high. So if you're a lower carb um, kind of kind of athlete, and then you uh, you plan to take in a bunch of carbs on race day, do you know what? Your body gets used to processing certain fuels, and and if you just suddenly shock it with something that it's just it just doesn't have on a regular basis, um, that can be a recipe for disaster too. So try it out. Try it out as much as you can. Um, in the in the weeks leading up, you're a hard charging athlete. Nothing's gonna break. Like you're. You know the 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 four times you try out your race nutrition in the lead up to an Ironman is not going to give you diabetes. It's really not. Um, <laughs> and and um, you know the the same goes for. Um, and I won't. Uh, maybe I won't dive into some of the specific kind of like fringe stuff in terms of like cordriceps mushrooms and beetroot juice and, and and things of that nature like i have a i have a drink that i uh, that i like to sort of concoct on on race week called war juice um how about this yeah I've actually got that for red team. I mean, we're gonna do a t- slightly different red team this week. Is it gonna be Phil? What's in War Juice, and where, where can I buy it? <laughs>
0: it's gonna be smart red team. Okay, it's good. not gonna
1: be hater. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. But your your race week, uh, your race week nutrition strategy as well. So nothing new there. You should have practiced it. Like take one of your uh, recovery weeks, take an easy week with a you know with a uh, test session, you know a superset or something at the end of it, and treat that like you would a race week. So um dial back your nutrition in terms of calories that's more appropriate to your reduced training volume try out the food you're going to do try out the breakfast you're going to have the day before which by the way um has been shown in studies to be the most important pre-race meal it's not what you have the night before the race it's not what you have the morning of the race it's the breakfast you have the day before the race as well i'll put a link to that study in the show mm. notes but that's been that's been so shown the to 24 me. hours before the, yeah pretty much the 24 oh, okay. hours before so it's the breakfast you have the day before is, is has been shown to be the have the the, the greatest impact on mm. uh, on athletic performance which I think is I think is quite interesting yeah but try all that out you should again you should be well practiced at this um, and you should be super super confident again there's no specific formula in terms of um, you know in terms of the food you should eat and what's the perfect ratios and all that I, I think it i think you know don't deviate too much from whatever diet cult you're in you know if you're eating a certain way carry on eating that way pretty much on on race week bar you know potentially upping your carbs depend again depending on your race and your um, the intensity and the distance as well um you know is it an ultra marathon is it a, an ironman man that's going to change stuff up anyway i went on for a while there but um hopefully there was a couple of good points you can take away All right, Phil. I really appreciate
0: all of that insightful, ev- evidence-based data and information. You always, you always come correct with that shit. I do have a red team question of sorts, and it's not even a, a red team question. It's more. I'd like for you to dive a bit deeper in your fringe supplements. Um, and I'd also like to give a, a, a addition, uh, a supplement, to augment what you said. Don't freak out and act like you're not doing the right thing. That's actually something that I did, and you want to jump on something that's exact opposite. Some people are cool with doing the same thing over and over and over, um, but you know, with nutrition, even with training as a whole, if it's been working for you mostly, stick with it. Adjust it a tiny bit, because you honestly, you'll never do the most perfect, catered, focused nutrition. Or sorry, sorry, you'll never, you'll never. Uh, be eating the best nutrition, and be training the best because your body's constantly changing and your yep. body's adapting. So that's actually – it's it's kind of hard to grasp at first. So it's basically you're getting older, your body's getting better or worse depending on how you're training and how you're eating. Therefore, what you're doing is always going to change. So you'll never actually be nailing it because what's good for you now might not be good for you later. Well said. So just just remember that. Don't think that what you're doing is wrong – um, just slightly, you know, don't, don't, what is it? Don't make, don't reinvent the wheel. Make,
1: yeah. Make yeah. it one smoother. Think of it like adjusting a rear derailleur. You want to turn that screw, that limiter screw, like a quarter turn at a time. Eighth of a turn sometimes. Eighth of a turn. <laughs> yeah. You you don't want to just wrench the whole thing around four times. Like, cause you'll, you'll, you'll just, you'll put things out of, out of whack. So yeah. yeah. Quarter turns. Four yeah. Un- turns. Unless
0: your whole shit is fucked. Yeah.
1: And you're like. Oh
0: my god! I've gained ninety five kilos and I'm super slow. Yeah, I was eating like this last year. Then it's like, okay, okay, you need to try something new. Yeah, if
1: if if you you know if if we're gonna have to come knock down the side of your house and get a forklift truck to take you to the hospital because you've (laughs) gone all Jerry Springer style, help me, then you yeah you need to turn the screw.
0: Phil, thank you so much for all of that. As usual, you always come correct with the data and the evidence-based facts and information and this is why i actually picked you to be on the podcast man um you 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 have that british sounding accent you're my you're my glasses i've said this to a couple <laughs> people and they don't understand that but i don't wear glasses but when you wear glasses you look smarter and cooler and you make me look smarter and or sound smarter and cooler there we go. you're my you're my audio glasses
1: you you, you definitely make me sound cooler like, I've, <laughs> like so i'm not smart you know yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> See, I've, I've 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 offended women. I've offended Darren. Like uh, it's cool. Uh, yeah, it's anyway. cool. So yeah. So let, let's get into Red
0: Team. Uh, I think I'll do some sound effect. I don't know a whistle or something with Red Team. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but this time I'm only gonna do one question, and this isn't gonna be uh, a hater. This is actually gonna be a lover, and this is gonna be someone that says, "Phil, tell me more." So you talked about fringe, fringe foods and, and supplements and mushrooms and magic, yeah. magic fairy potions.
1: Yeah, G- give me give me some more info, man. Okay, cool. So this is this is what I do, and this is what I've I've kind of come to find works for me um, in race week. So this isn't a suggestion to go out and do everything that I say all at once. In fact, if you're gonna um, implement some of this, I suggest i'm um, doing one thing at a time and this is what i do with the athletes i coach i just get them to do one thing uh, and see how that works for them so um do, how long do you have them do that one thing uh per race or per test okay, so cool. like if we're doing a if we're doing a test it's like hey like let's do let's do this one this time and see see how that see yeah. how that works for you so the first one's pretty pretty standard but it's um it's caffeine fasting for the week of the race, so I I, I kind of try to do this um, fairly regularly anyway. Um, so when if you're a habitual caffeine user, um, this is particularly effective. So caffeine is a ergogenic aid. It is a proven um enhancer of athletic performance i mean so much so that that caffeine was a banned substance um by wada for the longest time and then they were just like fuck this is too hard to regulate because everybody drinks coffee and it's just forget about it you can all use caffeine um and it's not a a coincidence that nearly every sports supplement out there every other gel whatever contain caffeine because it works but it works a lot lot better if you're not a habitual caffeine user. So I'll put some links to studies in the show notes as well. But um, if you um, habitually drink coffee, then that coffee you have on race day morning or the caffeine gels you have during the race or whatever it might be will be less effective. So what I do is... um, uh, a week before the race so typically five days so if i'm racing on on sunday or saturday I'll, I'll stop drinking coffee on on the monday and what it does is it resets the adenosine receptors um in your brain um and it, it basically by the time you get to race day the uh the the effects and the ergogenic effects of the caffeine you take in will be far far enhanced as well so uh, caffeine stimulates beyond the what you might think of just the like up effect of, of taking up a cup of coffee actually, um, uh, you know, it actually is a proven uh, proven factor in improving endurance as well. So I'll fast um, for the week and then cup of coffee on race day morning and then caffeine supplements if I feel like it during the race. So that's number one. Cool. That's pretty simple.
0: I like um, that. I actually just uh, jump in. I drink one cup of coffee and it's usually a week. So it's 30 to to half shot, 30 to 40 milligrams yeah. of caffeine. I mean, I eat dark chocolate, yeah. which isn't that much. Sure. Um, and yeah, caffeine gets me going. I haven't yeah. done any proper field tests with
1: it, but on race day, I usually, yeah. Yeah. It also helps, like as a side benefit and just to be gross, it helps clear out the pipes on race day morning as well. Like if you've not had coffee for the week, um, you know, if you want to, you want to, clear the bowels in the morning like that cup of coffee after not having it for a week like woo and yeah <laughs> then less uh, less trips to the portaloo when you get down to uh, get down to the transition area so um,
0: yeah that was a really nice innocent way of saying if you want to shit yeah if you want to before the race and not shit right during the way, race, or yeah, shit, don't you know, shit your wetsuit. Yeah, so yeah, um, uh, yeah, sorry. The American comes in with the potty mouth.
1: Yeah, all good. Um, so some other things I like to do. So I mentioned War Juice before. Um, like I just thought, I just thought that was a hilarious name for it. Um,
0: I, I, I get excited that you got excited.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, like, so, it's like I'm happy that you're happy. I'm yeah, like, Fuck but, it's wardrobe, just, but it's just, but it's just fucking hilarious. Anyway. Um, so this, this is, um, uh, so beetroot juice. So, um, beetroot juice is again, a a pretty well studied, pretty well known, um, uh, um, well i was going to call it a supplement but the the nitrates in the in the beetroot juice help shunt um, oxygen to working muscles um so supplementing with beetroot juice and again i'm drinking kind of 250 milligrams of beetroot juice like once a day the week leading up to the race um tart cherry juice as well has been shown um to enhance recovery so during the during the period of you know your your um your kind of deloading your um your training you're trying to be as fresh as you can for race week so tart cherry juice tart cherry tart cherry juice um has also uh, been shown to have positive effects on sleep as well so mm. your uh, sleep quality may improve during uh, during race week as which well which is huge which is Getting huge that
0: sleep and that's actually something we were going to talk about and yeah. realize that's a whole topic for a whole nother absolutely, conversation
1: absolutely absolutely um, and then I add in some cordyceps mushroom extract as well, which is another proven ergogenic aid. Um, throw in some beta alanine as well, um, and you've got yourself a party cocktail. So I have uh, I have that for a week before the race, and then typically on race morning I'll have um, more of the concentrated beetroot juice. So the little like beet it concentrated shots um because mm-hmm. i don't want to be downing you know a uh, quarter of a liter of beetroot juice on the morning of a race so i'll go for the i'll go for the little concentrated sports shots um so that's uh, that that's war juice um the beetroot juice really is the main ingredient there everything else is just kind of being fancy although i do think the cordyceps mushrooms helped um I, I i do really rate that as a you know as a as a supplement um 10 CoQ10 is a is a is a is a great supplement um like helps with um uh, cardiovascular sorry with um uh, with heart function as well so um, mobilizing blood around the body coq10 is also a cofactor in in kind of many many um, bodily enzymatic functions so that's something to uh, to consider as a as a supplement so you want to start that probably a bit further out so i typically start supplementing with coq10 like a month before um, month before the race just as a just as a booster um what else do i do I think those are the main ones, man. I think that's a. Uh, I think that's probably enough for now. Just before everyone starts getting really pilled up. Um, and
0: yeah, it, it sounds like you, or I. I would. I would hear this. Like, let's say I'm. I'm, not a host. I'm an awesome listener, and, I would just go straight to i i herb i herb whatever the fuck you want to say i h yeah. e r b com a u and I would Google all the shit and hope that it's in there so I can get the free shipping. It definitely is. So yeah, that's that's where I would go, and yeah, you'll have a lot of these in the show notes. Um, again, note to everyone: none of this shit is a magic bullet. No, uh, no, no, no. it's not. You're not gonna get 10x gain on your shit. So you're not gonna go from doing a 40 minute 10k to a 25 minute 10k by having any of this stuff. I'm pretty sure all of you are really smart out there, but you know, it, it's just it is the sum of the parts. And just like any supplement, certain things work better than other people, and you're gonna get like a half a percent, maybe gain. That's not even traceable, or trackable. Uh, so it's it's the overall. You know, th- th- there are main things that you can focus on, but these type of things, th- these these do help. How much? There really aren't that many studies to show with a with a large sample population to to really show.
1: Yeah, the the, the ones the ones that are the the, the beetroot juice is is pretty well studied now Um, okay yeah
0: but but again it's you're not even gonna get a 10% gain oh oh no god no so I didn't know a lot of people go oh if I take this then I'm going to you know see this they have it in the back of their head like this will make me perform
1: yeah way better so this is the this is the I I really like Dave Brailsford so Dave Dave Brailsford was the um I think I can't remember his job title but he was a performance director for team sky um and he talked about the one percent so you know none of these things in isolation will make a difference but you start stacking all of these one on top of the other so you think about like taking your own pillow to the hotel before the race So then that improves your sleep a little bit you talk about the ice baths you talk about the foam rolling you talk about um you know all these little nutrition strategies and and hacks you talk about meditation and 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 each of these in isolation as i say may only have like 0.01% increase but you do 20 of these things um, and you know you've got yourself a little sizable advantage over uh, over the competition um, i think that's i think that's worth bearing in mind so i like the i like the uh, the idea of the the kind of marginal gains and the 1%ers masters
0: of- Alright,
1: that's it. Now you're prepared to
0: tackle your next race day with all that information we just spat all into your ears. Your, your lovely, beautiful ears. We'd love for any and all comments, feedback, and questions sent to... Get ready for it. It's a, it's a long one. Talk some shit at masterofsomepod.com spelled the normal way. Or hit us up on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. It's free to subscribe, so make sure you do that in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. And tell a friend if you like this. We appreciate any help that we can get from you. As usual, I'll take you out with some tunes I created for a super epic dramatic effect. Hear you later. Get it? Because it's a podcast.